Welcome to our bonus discussion of Pet Cemetery the movie. This discussion is just me, Stephanie, and Chris because Chris happened to find the movie playing in our area. So Chris, how did you find this movie? I was actually trying to see uh, if it was streaming somewhere because I figured uh, we should probably watch the adaptation, the film adaptation, and see how it stacks up. And to my surprise, it showed one theater um, in Amherst, Mass., which is where we actually uh, went to school. And um, it was for Friday night at 9.45 showing. So I figured let's take the trip up there, get some drinks, and, and see it on a big screen. It was a good decision. It was okay. <laughs> I The drinks were a great, great decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was actually my suggestion. Okay. So Pet Cemetery, the movie. The movie came out in 1989. It was directed by Mary Lambert, and Stephen King actually wrote the screenplay. So just kind of... Oh, did you have something about the movie you wanted to add? I was just saying, I feel like it's... The way Stephen King talked about the book when it first came out, it's surprising that he made the adaptation... I know we talked about that in the the uh, rest of the this episode about the book where he kind of wasn't not happy, I guess isn't the word I would use, but he kind of seemed like it wasn't representative of how he felt. So I think it's kind of surprising because ultimately the movie is pretty close to the book. So maybe by the time six years later or whenever he started writing, he changed his mind about it because he, yeah, he wrote the screenplay, um, yeah. which, yeah, again, I just thought it was an interesting th- interesting thing that uh based on how he apparently was initially feeling about the the book when it first came out so had you seen this movie before i have i saw parts of it as a kid i remember judd <laughs> basically i think i probably saw it at some point on tv and it was probably edited tv it wasn't uh, I, growing up i never had any movie channels at home so i never saw movies like that uh, uh the real version so probably edited for tv and i know I saw the end. I know for sure I saw Judd get his ankle sliced and and everything, but I don't think I ever saw any other part of the movie, which is weird because when I read the book, I kind of knew the whole story. So I guess I absorbed it somehow through osmosis over the years um, because I definitely had never seen the the entire movie prior to uh, uh, seeing it uh, in the theater. Yeah, I know I I knew I had seen it as a kid, but... I don't think it was something I saw several times as a kid. I feel like I saw it, probably like you were saying, on edited TV um, at least a couple times because there are certain parts that seemed that I that I did remember just, you know, before we actually went to go see it. Whereas during the movie, there were certain parts where they were kind of coming back to me like, oh, right, I remember this and being terrified of you or you are super creepy. So I definitely saw it as a kid, but it wasn't something... I would say, I guess it's, it wasn't a favorite movie or a movie that I frequently rented or saw on TV because there were certain parts that stood out in my memory and certain parts that only came back to me as we were watching it. After seeing the movie the other night, did you enjoy the movie? What'd you think of it? Probably not the best way to see it first because we definitely saw it with a crowd of people that had seen it already. Seemed like they, they loved it already and that's why they were coming to see it uh, again but there are some reactions to some of the acting, some of the scenes that you normally wouldn't have laughs, got some laughs, which caused me to laugh because we were sitting, actually, there was no one in front of us. We were in the third row, so everyone else was behind us. And there were definitely some reactions to scenes where, again, if we were watching it at home, just the two of us, I doubt that we would have had that reaction. Um, yeah. So it was a little 
a little weird to have that as your first uh, um, viewing experience for a movie that, again, going into Pet Cemetery from the book, you're not looking at it as like there are some guffaws coming up, right. but in the movie... Because when we say when you were saying that the book the the film is pretty close to the the book, I would say that feeling of despair and there's no hope that holds true in the, in oh, the yeah, film it's, adaptation. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty close adaptation overall. I guess well, in the overall story, I guess some of the little pieces don't translate well, or at least in this version they didn't. If actually be interested in. Um, a remake if and when that happens i'm assuming it's when not if at this mm-hmm. point how they would handle some stuff i guess do you want to talk about again we can't rehash the story because yeah the we're not gonna movie do that is... but we are gonna talk i i do want to talk about a couple some differences and things oh that yeah that's the thing out. we have to yeah um so yeah do you want to kind of start there and try to go in order i know we wrote some we wrote some notes in our uh phones at the bar after the movie and i'm sure they they don't go in um the best order of the film but we'll we'll try our best to kind of keep it there for uh for that i'm trying to think i guess you wanted to say how it opens because that's different from the book well the first opening shot it's of the actual pet cemetery yeah we see it right away because i've i don't remember I feel like it's probably, I don't know how many page, pages into the book before so there's any... Judd walks them up there. Yeah. Which makes sense because... That's true because it, it... starts from the Creed family's perspective and they don't know yeah. about that place yet. Yeah. But for the the horror movie, I could see where you start in this kind of creepy looking cemetery with circular. It's, it is still circular. Yep. I kept that detail, which I yeah. enjoyed. It gets older the further you go in. Right. Yeah. The further you go in. Um, and there is the blowdown, although I thought the blowdown, I was like, that just looks like a mishmash of craziness. <laughs> the branches, like, I don't know, the way I was picturing the blowdown in my head was more thicker branches, for one, because they have to go up and up, up and over it. But two, maybe more like the branches somewhat interlocking, if that yeah. makes sense. This look kind of just like a bunch of sticks. Almost. I feel like in the book, it's the way, the way I see it. It looks more imposing and more like this is here for a reason. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it's like underbrush that someone would spend a summer clearing out of their backyard because yeah. they want to make their yeah. yard look nicer. It all got dumped there. <laughs> and I think I'm trying to remember in the in the book. Is there any indication when they first go to the cemetery? Does is there any indication like that Lewis sees that there's something beyond? Because in the movie, it's just you wouldn't. I don't think you would think there's anything beyond there because you can't see anything. It's not uh, any Lewis, kind of clear indication. He thinks um, that it looks like it's d- deliberately placed there yeah. and that he thought he did see a path. Okay, but then so I think that's... it's like Gage pulls his hair or his ear or something <laughs> yeah, and takes an his asshole. attention away. He's, yeah. he's a two-year-old. But yeah, he, he's more he's intrigued by it or it catches his attention, I should say. He's curious about it a little bit and thinks he does see a path, um, but then doesn't investigate or anything like that. So in the movie, it's just... It's just a bunch of branches like you can't see through it to see yeah. that there's a path yeah so so yeah so the intro of the movie we see the pet cemetery right away and they do play some narration of children over mm-hmm. the years talking about their pets which yeah it I sounds kind of did you see smucky smucky was there i saw smucky Frack, i missed it he was obedient <laughs> all right so yeah we go from the pet cemetery to a truck like i think there were approximately 85 trucks in this movie like yes. every time it, it they really drove home the point that these trucks, i get it 
Mm, I immediately want to take back my words. Wait, Stephanie, that was great. We're just going to punctuate that joke. Anyway. <laughs> so they really made it a point to have a truck after... At one point, it was like one truck, and then two seconds later, another truck. Like, they were really... These trucks frequent this road a lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we get to the Creed's... Yeah, um, they move in. Arriving, and it's... Kid almost runs into the road immediately. Or no, well, he does. He, yes, and that's I, that's a change that I actually like. The parents are terrible. They <laughs> neglect the I baby mean, because Ellie jumped into a tire swing immediately, and it broke, and she hurt her knee or something, right, and she was yeah. screaming. Um, so they put down the child who yes. can walk. Yes, you could have easily like, carried the baby over to where your other right. kid was and put him down there in the grass it's and not like he was a baby in a strapped into a baby seat like where you just put the baby seat down no he can walk and he's he's free so he can walk towards this crazy ass road that you decided to move on to yeah so. and i like this they use this to introduce judd yeah introduce the roads bad right away mm-hmm. you see where this is going because the kids walking into the road and judd um scoops him up Brings him over. I don't think he invites him, specifically invites him over for a beer. He does go over for one, and they... I feel like we don't see Lewis drinking over there a lot. Not like I thought they'd spend a lot of time on that in the movie, but... I think it's only twice, maybe? Yeah, um. which I was kind of sad about. I really liked their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably, like, the biggest thing that jumped out, I think, for probably both of us, was that Judd is not married. There is no There's Norma. no Norma. That was my notes... Yeah. No Norma, capitalized exclamation point. Right. I hate. I. It's not I even that. like she died, or so. There's like zero mention of a wife. And Norma's role is basically taken up by Missy, Missy mm-hmm. Dandridge. Which um, is like, why? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. It's so. So we meet Missy. She's even more, or at least equal, main sounding as Judd, who we should say is played by uh, Fred Gwynn who uh, he is a crazy main accent. It's it's great. It's amazing. Um, he's just so warm and welcoming. And yeah. uh, I, can't, I, I was going to do an impression, but I can't. But Missy also has, you know, she's definitely from Maine. Uh, um, so we meet her, and there's an indication of she's got tummy problems. And right. you know where this is going. Especially right, when you know. It some days, and then it doesn't. And then Lewis actually does offer to take a look. And she's like, no, it's fine. And then... Which is, in the book, he, he kind of uh, dreads when he goes over to Judd's house. Yeah. And when he finds out she has arthritis, and he's like, oh, you know, they're, gonna, they're older. They're going to want, like, free right. medical advice and everything. But, yeah, this... And, and they don't actually, in the book, it should be pointed out, too, that they don't. And he feels kind of like, to. oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he eventually does offer and looks at, like, her medications in the book and everything. And there's nothing else he can really do for her yeah. um, for that. But he does eventually offer to take a look. Yeah. Knowing that there's no Norma in this movie, the second that Missy says that she has stomach pains, stomach pains, like, well, see where this is going. Right. So yeah. So then the rest of it, again, very similar. We see Lewis on his first day of work, and, and we jump right into it. <laughs> no, I want to back up. I would just say again, the whole the whole thing about church getting uh, his, as oh, right. Ellie puts it, his nuts cut off. His nuts cut off because Missy because Missy said that gave that language to yeah. her. <laughs> Lewis and, was not thrilled about. 
I don't think Lewis in the movie, unlike the book, he doesn't care. He doesn't, he doesn't really care. focus on it. Movie Lewis does not hold, you know, doesn't think masculinity only exists in your balls like book Lewis does. So movie Lewis is like, oh, yeah, that's that's probably a good idea. We're going to have this done and then he won't want to cross the road like he won't be wanting to roam. So this is a good decision. Book yeah. Lewis obsessed about that cat's balls. And we should back up. So at, before uh, the first day. Um, we cut to you know they Judd takes them up to up the path oh yeah mm-hmm. to the the cemetery and again the way that this is it's very fast it's yeah it's some of the cuts the and movie. edits it's just like oh okay Here. we're on the path Ellie's like screaming and ready to go and, and Judd walks yeah. him up there and there's everything. no um, like in the book when they because it's a very long walk when they um, get to the top of like the first hill and are appreciating the view there's none of that they're walking down the path from the house and then boom they're in the cemetery yeah which I get but at the same time it's like aw <laughs> I do like the look that Judd shares with Lewis when um, Judd's basically saying you know this is you know it's not a scary place to Ellie it's not a scary place it's you know it's... oh yeah because the movie Rachel let Judd know she was not happy in yes. that moment <laughs> and then she's like give me the baby takes him out yeah. of the, the backpack thing that he's in and uh, Judd and, and Lewis share a look yeah. like okay um, but uh, Judd continues to explain to uh, Ellie that you know it's this is where the dead talk and she backs up her face is lights up in terror yeah. it's like oh not really they don't really talk out loud it's you know this is, they're they're um uh not tombs they're not really yeah, like tombstones but they're they, yeah. tells their story yeah. and this is a place of rest it's a good place right um I, another thing i don't like which again i don't recall from the book but the pet cemetery has actual like there's a giant fucking bird cage like someone buried their bird but also brought the whole cage up and i was telling stephanie you might have another bird at some point you don't need to you shouldn't have to buy a whole new cage there's a gold there's a a fishbowl that someone brought up right um well maybe they're like oh once my fish died i never want another fish in my life fish die so often i know you can't get a new bowl for every fish that you Uh, all my fish died like they lasted like a week when I was a kid each. If then. anything from the the movie version, I can see there are leashes for like cats and dogs. I can see that kind of being a sentimental like this was my the dog's leash. Too, yeah. yeah, that or yeah, not leash, a collar. But not a whole bird cage. <laughs> so so yeah, so now we get to Lewis's first day. He's bringing church to yep. uh, get his his balls chopped. And again, he is fine with it. <laughs> And, uh, and on his way out, we also do see Missy again, and again with the, the stomach pain. And oh, I think that's when he, he says that yeah. he'll And that's also where she look. says, Jesus, no. some days it's good, some days it's fine. Or some days it's, it's bad, some days it's yeah. fine. It, it's fine, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, so, first day of school, or first day of classes. We, unlike the book. Yeah, because the book eases into it with Lewis driving, seeing the joggers, seeing that the ambulance is gone, chatting with some people in the office. The movie cuts to him have, being at his first day, and... We don't see him. We see Victor's bloody head first. He drives away. Mm. We right, don't even see away, Lewis yeah. in, the, in his office or anything. We close up of Victor, his and bloody his head. head being carried. With and there's brains. a million more people, I feel like, that... Oh, yeah. I think in the book, it's just the joggers and maybe like one or it's just a it's only a few people yeah. whereas see, this is like it's a huge commotion because I, I don't know I forgot the feeling in the book 
that it was pretty early in yeah. the morning, so not everyone was up and like going to class or going to breakfast or whatever. Whereas in the movie, it there's a big crowd. Yeah, and I like that's again I, something I think it's worse for the movie is there's some build up. He sees the ambulance gone and immediately is kind of like, Uh-oh. what's what's yeah. already started before I even get here? And then he meets some people and everything and and kind of builds up a little bit um and yeah in the movie literally close up of victor's bloody head being brought in we do see some i think two candy stripers yeah but there's no visceral reactions right. like in the no in the vomiting. book which yeah. again i don't need the vomit but just it, there's a lot of commotion yeah so i like that lewis is very take charge even though like Char- charlton what was her name? Yes. Charlton. That she says, she she says something kind of, I don't think she fully states it, but she says like it's not going to make a difference because they can tell obviously how severe his injuries are. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lewis um, says, no, we're going to do what we can or do our best. I thought he says he like, something like, put on the show. Yeah. It's, oh, it's something like, let's be professional <laughs> or like, let's yeah, yeah. kind of get it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he gets, he directs people, you know, he takes charge. Yeah. Um, and that, and he does end up alone with Victor, but mm-hmm. he, I think was he do he was doing chest compressions or something. And yeah, then once we don't he's see alone, any type of helping. Well, once he's alone, that stops. Like he stops and he sits down next to him. Like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, he, they, he stops because he knows that it's, it's not gonna, the injuries are too, they're, they're not, there's nothing that they're going to be able to do. Even if um, he got to a hospital that, you know, there was nothing that they yeah. would be able so, to do. Very similar in that way to the book. And then Victor, Wakes up, gets to say his... Pops some blood on him. Well, yeah. <laughs> gets to say his stonier, you know, the, yeah. the heart of a man is stonier line and everything. And it gets, I don't know, it's, it's, again, this is something that I don't know if any adaptation would do it well. I, I don't know, there's just, I guess, something different of reading lines like that in my head mm-hmm. and then hearing it and seeing it. Yeah, I don't know, it's just... Like, I mean, I... And it wasn't the actual lines from the books i think in the book he starts with saying that the pet cemetery it's not the real cemetery and then says yeah. the stonier yeah he doesn't he just thing. says the stonier and he doesn't he, he says, says i will name. come back yeah too which is like oh that's creepy and he does say lewis's name and lewis says right. how do you know my name um and then, then he has the dream just like in the book although i think he realizes quicker in the movie that this is not a dream Yes, and yeah. we were disappointed, especially Stephanie, I think. that I did. I leaned over at one point to Chris when, uh, so when Pascal goes to to visit Lewis in the middle of the night, um, I leaned over to Chris like, I really hope we get to see him bump into the wall. Like, he tries to go through the wall. He didn't. No, nope. he just <laughs> walks into the basement and follows them out. Right. Um, and now here's where the feelings for me started coming back, like me remembering more of the movie was the image of Pascal not when he was in the hospital bed more when he's walking around yeah. and talking to Lewis that <clears throat> image of what he looks like with his head and his skin like the veins that you can see it's like oh I remember this and I remember being scared of it and it being creepy he's almost as pale as me so almost says the barrier was not made to be broken yeah do not go beyond no matter how much you feel like you need to um and then Lewis does wake up in bed I actually like how they do that. Yeah. He falls. He kind of crumples down. He's kind of in a fetal position. And then there's a close-up of him. He's saying stuff like uh, that he wasn't going to be able to save him. Or like basically it wasn't his fault that Pascal died. So he's not focusing on what Pascal was saying. He's focusing on the idea of being hunted by this young man. Yeah. 
and uh, he um, so he's in the fetal position and then it goes to a close up of him and the way then uh, it's dark because he's outside at night and then all of a sudden lights the camera pulls kids. yeah and then yeah you hear the <laughs> voice noise, of, yeah. of the kids and everything and then he's he's in his bed and everything right. and of course he pulls the sheets right. dirty feet and, and everything so uh, after that what is next thing I can think would be Thanksgiving right yeah 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 exactly kid, yeah so same thing in the book Rachel and the kids are going but she would rather you know it's a family holiday and she doesn't want him putting around by himself but he's not going and actually I think it's I feel like in the book the reasoning was yes the tension between him and her parents but also the school stuff I feel like in the movie it was more your parents yeah and I don't get along and here's another place where Norma's absence was felt because in the book he gets to he has uh, Thanksgiving dinner with Judd and Norma in the movie apparently men can't cook and can't have Thanksgiving if they're if they don't have wives there because he does not get a Thanksgiving dinner and he doesn't hang out with Judd. Thanksgiving can't happen. He's got his awesome red hat though. (laughs) His weekend attire is plaid weekend attire. Like he looks like a Trump voter. (laughs) Um, I don't think Lewis would be a Trump voter, but he looks like it in this concerned about Judd. Yeah. So Judd calls him (laughs) saying about the cat. Yeah. And it's daytime when this happens. Yeah. It's It's daytime. Daytime. And Judd tells him, are you going to, you know, tell your daughter about the yeah. and he said, you know, I guess I can tell her that she he ran away. I didn't see him, um, but of course, doesn't happen. They bag him up and bring him up uh, to uh, the, the pet cemetery. But again, since there's no Norma, there's no dinner, there's nothing of her being gone. Mm-hmm. So there's no secret from her or anything. Judd does tell him eventually, like, don't tell anybody what we did, right. but. It yeah, just I, I wish Norma was in it. I think you could get rid of Missy Danica's yeah. character from this. But you could you could still ha- you can have more than just a couple female characters. It's possible, especially when you wrote it into the book. Like that's I don't. There's a lot of times where I don't understand certain choices that get made for film adaptations, and then you want to talk about Harry Potter? The burrow never caught on fire. No, I'm just kidding. Unnecessary. But I have that question in general, but then I especially have that question when the person who wrote the screenplay is the person who wrote the novel. I thought it was interesting, though. It was better seen, I think, in the film version when this event, basically, it started during the day, finding the cat, making the trek up and over the thing and then going and burying the cat, where so much time passes, you can see it going from day to night. So that does help with seeing, since we don't actually see how long of a walk it actually is to one, the pet cemetery... And then in the book, anyway, three miles from there to the burial ground. And talking about the blowdown, the way I read it in the book was more supernatural looking when they walk over it. I kind of saw Judd gliding up over it in a, in, you know, some type of strange way. I don't know how you would film that. But in this, in the movie, he says all the things of like, don't look down and right. just don't stop. But the way it looks in the movie, it looks like, that was super easy to walk over. It didn't look like no, there'd be. Because Lewis fell. <laughs> I, yeah, because it's a movie. But the way it's made, when Judd starts going up, it looks like he's just walking on dirt. It's like it looks like a pile of dirt with some branches on it, or like shrubs. Oh, yeah. It doesn't look like. Yeah, there's, they show a close up of like a branch breaking when he steps on it and falls. Yeah. But otherwise, it just looks like a thing. So in my head, in the book, I 
kind of pictured it as gliding up over in some strange supernatural way because he knows and again maybe something's helping guide him there and everything i didn't Um, think imagine it as gliding i imagined it as kind of climbing and walking but because my image of the blowdown was it sort of the interlocked branches almost um that that would help it be sturdier but definitely not as sturdy as it is in the movies because it does kind of look like stairs (laughs) stairs <laughs> we'll cover it up by some branches and dirt yeah so and um there's no steps unfortunately they basically reach eventually a mm-hmm. rock quarry mm-hmm. um that you have to climb up there's no and again i understand why in this movie they didn't weren't able to build some type of set of right oh they did include the loon though that or the the sound that yes we hear crazy ass sounds and yeah you know it's not a loon and of course Which, yeah the judge says it is yes so right. that's um accurate to the book which yeah you have to have that you have to have weird sounds and have that explanation but yeah there's no steps it's just some type of rock quarry near water um and eventually they do get to it and um i guess this is pretty pretty much what i was picturing in my head of yeah. you know the top and you know, does tell him it's stony and he, um, Lewis hits with the pick the first time and you see it kind of spark and he kind of yeah. looks at Judd like, okay. And I love <laughs> yeah. how Judd, I do love how Judd's like, oh, I'm going to sit over there and smoke. You guys yeah. like, you had to bury your own kind. So yeah, it's like, yours. Yeah, I'm going to sit over here. And then it's still daylight when that happens. And then we cut, you know, check in on him and it's no longer daylight because he's been digging for that long and he is yeah. still, Judd is still over there just smoking his cigarettes. So this, yeah, so this this kind of ties into later in the movie because it takes him a long time to bury a cat. It takes him a long time to bury the smallest thing he's going to bury <laughs> in the Micmac burying yep. ground. Um, so, of course, uh, they get back. Judd, that's when Judd tells him, you know, never, um, don't tell anybody yeah, about this. don't mention it to, especially don't mention it to Ellie. Yeah. You know, about the cat. And he doesn't know he, yet. He still doesn't. Like in the book, he doesn't know what's going to happen. No, but that's when Judd says the stonier, uh, man's heart is stonier, that whole thing. And he, images flash kind of like, he's to show that he's, rem- uh, Lewis is remembering his conversation with Pascal. Yeah. Church comes back. Mm-hmm. He's immediately meaner. Like in the book, yes. he came back Not and like... was creepy. <clears throat> Quiet, creepy, the banging slow, into shit. Yeah, <laughs> jumping and kind of stumbling because he's, a, you know, not, not a real, not a normal cat anymore. Yeah. This, he just, and I love Church in this movie, even though it's different. I think it's great every time the cat growls, not growls, but, you know, um, hisses. hisses and, <laughs> and what they do with the eyes, um, yeah. you know, if you ever, you know, have seen a cat that light hits its eyes in a certain way and they just glow in the dark and yep. it's scary as hell. That it doesn't happen all the time. I'm sure that would have been hard special effects right. wise, but, but they do it enough. Yeah, a lot of the times. And I do want to bring up. So at this point in the story, Church has been fixed. He mm-hmm. does not have testicles anymore. Correct. I'm sure because it's a cat, especially an animal, they had multiple cats on set. They had different acting cats for different things for whatever reason. There is a shot in this after Church has come back. So he's already got the operation. He already died. He already came back. There's a shot where the cat walks away, and it has balls. I swear <laughs> it has balls. In a, and I pointed at the screen. I said, Stephanie, testicles. He'd already walked out the door by and that he point. he was walking so away. Um, so it. that is a horrible editing error, and I can't believe. I think they should go back and George Lucas that shit and digitally remove them. Wow. 
I'm, this is the hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> the Mi'kmaq burying ground hill. Okay. So yeah, he comes back. Uh, the family comes back from um, Chicago. And I did like that they included Ellie saying she, you know, when he picks them up from the airport, ask her out, her asking if, um, if church is okay and saying that she had the dream that he died. So I did like that they kept that part in there because yeah. as we'll talk about a little bit, they don't keep in all of her dreams. This one they did though. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so coming back to Missy. So again, there's no Norma mm-hmm. to die. There's no Norma. Well, there's no first. There's no Norma for Lewis to save, which leads to Judd. After. Oh right. Does he, when does Judd explain about his dog? So we see that. Is that right after? church comes back it is yeah. after church comes back so before the family comes back from chicago so after the uh, church comes back and lewis feeds him and he's he's over at judd's house talking and judd explains what happened to his dog same thing with the barbed wire and but spot came back mean comes back growling flashback and yeah and he's dirty and he's growling and he's covered in blood and covered in blood mean. and i just this is one of those changes I did not think worked because like you said in the you were just saying in the book, Lewis saving Norma is why Judd says that he's gonna do this kind of this favor. Yeah. Plus in the book his dog did not come back mean. He just came back a little off and dead. In the film, he comes back friggin' mean and vicious. It looks, it looks like Cujo basically. Yeah. He looks he's immediately vicious and he's going to kill you. And also right. this flashback <laughs> the the line that Judd's mother says about uh, is something like, he stinks of the, the earth you buried him in. Which is what his dad says in the book. Yeah, but just, again, it's a line that I think works better reading it and not hearing it said in a I film. I also don't think it's the first thing that a woman in this situation no, would be saying because his dog goddamn is dog's growling back. at her and is covered in blood and looks like he wants to eat her. <laughs> like, I don't think that would be... Her concern is that he smells, whereas in the book, he's standing there looking kind of dopey and weird, yeah. and just weird. And actually, no, and she's not the one who says that he smells. She just says, come get him. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense that he would then be okay with turning Ellie's cat into a mean, vicious thing, yeah. just so she can have a cat. So, so again, no Norma, leading to a lot of problems. Exactly. So back to Missy. Missy basically... Bill's part of Norma's role because she does die. She does have uh, cancer. That's right. her stomach pains. So she doesn't die, though, of the cancer. She dies by hanging herself. Yeah, she writes a note. Um, yeah, she safety pins it to her um, her shirt and kills herself in, in a basement uh, mm-hmm. somewhere. And so that's uh, the, the funeral that Judd, Lewis, and Ellie are attending. Mm-hmm. But again, there's no... There's no indication before, really, that Judd... Again, I guess you could only say because well, Missy is quite the mainer, just like Judd is, so yeah. maybe they knew each other, but it's not... Again, it's not Norm. It's not his wife who died, and so... Okay, yeah, he's at the funeral, too, so that him and Lewis can have some... You know, they can talk to each other about right. stuff, and that's we see Rachel. She's not here because she's not feeling well and, right. and everything. Um, so then uh, that night, uh, that's when Rachel explains the whole Zelda. Right. So we get another flashback. There's, there's quite a few flashbacks mm-hmm. in this. So we see a young, young Rachel. And this is something different actually. Um, in the book, aren't they, they're only supposed to be like two years difference between the I sisters. Think so. I thought I like she was eight and 
Rachel, uh, Zelda was only supposed to be 10 or something. I, again, I, I, I think it's much closer. And in the movie, it's... Which, this is actually something I think works better. Zelda is... Uh, she's actually... My understanding is that the person who was originally playing Zelda was a, a woman. And for whatever reason, they thought it wasn't working with the makeup and everything. So they actually cast a man to play Zelda. And there's a lot of makeup. Um, the way her back the ribs and or you know the back of her spine. spine and everything and her gaunt face the cheekbone sticking out it's very Unspected. visceral and yes um it's definitely um uh, creep is i think it's one of the creepiest things in the movie yes it's just this this is where that flashback. second wave of oh this feeling of some fear from when you were a kid it was this because i had kind of i again since i don't think i saw this movie multiple times I didn't keep that image in my head. Yeah. But once I saw it, I was like, oh, right. <laughs> so she explains to Lewis what happened. And mm-hmm. he has a, he's very similar in his um, yep. response of like how it's like, if I had a reason to hate them, bef- like if I didn't have a reason to hate your parents before, right. now I do what they did. There was a, one of my things in the flashback when she's explaining how she ran out of the house and she was just screaming and or, you know, could have been uh, crying. Maybe she was laughing. And she says that the neighbor, you know, people saw her as she's running through the neighborhood. She's running out of her house and there are three kids inside the house. The door's open already. So I, I guess not. the implication is that they heard screaming and they came in. But the way she's <laughs> the, way she, the way it's described is she ran out screaming. Yeah. So why are there already? Yeah. <laughs> so, that part and they have the dumbest sense. blank faces. Right, because that's the other thing. If they came because they heard screaming, wouldn't they be a little bit more alarmed? Or maybe have gotten an adult? Like, come on. Yeah, so there's some goofy stuff in that. The Zelda stuff kind of overpowers that <laughs> a goofiness. But, it does. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so she gets she gives him the explanation finally of yeah. kind of what uh, why she has such problems with death and, and everything right. like that. The next thing, the kite. Yeah, I think the next thing is the the big thing. Yeah, so I think you had said that you liked this. There was a little bit of a change in the book. Um, Lewis's last happy day is the day he flies the kite with Gage. Not so much when, when Ellie comes because... Wait, what did you say his name was? Gage. Okay, I thought you said Cage. I want to make sure that you didn't read the whole book thinking it was Cage. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that he... so. In the film, they kind of combine. They do. They combine the happy to the happy times with the kite, with the accident. Um, and you know it's gonna happen because it it cuts to a guy driving one of those um, the trucks. And a he's, Ringo truck. Yeah, he's jamming along. Listen to, to the Ramones. Yep. So Rachel, Ellie, and Judd are at the picnic table, and Lewis and Gage are flying the kite. And then this is kind of back to that bad parenting because. Uh, Lewis gives Gage the, uh, the thread for the kite and he drops it. I mean, he's two. That makes sense. But then Lewis turns around and he's facing the picnic table. So his back is to Gage and Gage is like, oh, I dropped it. I'm going to follow it because the wind is taking the kite and therefore pulling the string. So he's walking after it. And <laughs> the part that struck me was he went like he went several feet <laughs> between when Lewis turned around and then when everyone realizes what's happening, which doesn't quite work. I think this doesn't quite work as well in the film either, because even if Lewis had his back to Gage, everybody else is still facing him and they're spread out enough where 
one of the three people would have seen that he was getting closer to the road before I think it's Jed who first sees who, who says who says something. So yeah, I, I like the change because in the book, I know it, you know it's one of the it, he does it the same thing with Norma about before she dies. We know it's like in seven weeks. I think he does the same thing with Gage, like in you know I think it's the seven weeks again that it's gonna happen. So even though I know that when I was reading the book, and they get to the the kite flying day. I was almost thought it was going to happen then, mm. um, so I kind of expected that. Um, so I, I, I like, yeah, I do like that in that way that they kind of combine it, but the way it works because in you know, the book he's running from his parents because it's a game, something right. that had been happening a lot, you know, before. Oh, it's a game. I'm going to run away from mommy and daddy. So this, it's the whole thing with the, he's chasing the the the, the kite um, right. string, but he gets so far away. Again, it's, it's the thing. It's hard. I don't know how they would do it in a remake. Uh, and not make it look the same way where he gets so far away from the adults on his little legs, but... And they would have to be the game. Because kids do that in real life. Like, they do that... Stupid toddlers. Like, they do that. So they could easily, in the remake, they could easily change it to be where maybe they are all hanging out, having a good time, and playing, and then Gage is maybe far enough away, but not super far and they try to call him back, and that's when he starts running from them like he does in the book. So there's already enough distance between them, and then Lewis just can't cover that distance because now Gage is actually running away because he's playing that game. Yeah, so so yeah, he gets hit. Thankfully, like the book, uh, Mary Lambert, it's not, you know, it's not over right. the top. They could have done that, different things. I, would like for them to not be over the top with it in any remake. I, like. I don't think, I, I think they probably can't even yeah. with it coming out and, you know, Georgie getting destroyed and dragged into the sewer screaming. I think, you know, kid death yeah. like that. I don't think they're not going to have like yeah. Showing Robocop getting hit by a truck and, you know, that type of uh, violent, you know, showing the bloody shoe, I think was, yeah. that's good enough. Yeah. So Lewis is running. It happens. He is on his knees. You see some flashes of sh- like photos of them, which I like. Mm. And then he he does the kind of stereotypical screaming no to the heavens, mm-hmm. which again, if we were watching at home, it wouldn't happen this way probably. But it's more to do with the acting of Dale Medkiff throughout the movie. But when he's yelled no in the theater last night, people in the audience laughed. And again, I think it's, it's from people having familiarity with the, you know, with the movie. They'd seen it a lot. And, they, you know, they, I think everyone that was there because they like the movie, mm-hmm. they enjoy it. Not necessarily because it's everything's great about it, especially right. acting wise. Um, so it was a little, little weird of immediately after Gage is killed by this truck, people laughing. Because, again, they're not laughing, obviously, at the right. child death. They're laughing at Dale Medcliffe's acting and, and yelling of, of no and everything, which actually it's not that bad. That moment itself isn't that bad. So I, there are other parts of, and I think we can talk about this at the end, kind of, of going through the, the actors and everything, but Dale Medcliffe, I don't know that I've seen him in anything else. Not the best actor from from my viewing of, of Pet Cemetery once. Yeah. <laughs> We, we get the funeral. You know, it's very truncated. There's no nothing at the house right. really after or before the funeral and everything. But right. We don't see... Rachel is more in control in the film than oh, she yeah, is in much, the book. She's yeah. not... She doesn't need someone to supervise her to make sure she's getting dressed. She's at the funeral. 
Her dad's a giant dick just like he is in the book, yelling at Lewis about how he knew this would happen or something like this would happen. We get the fight. Starts, he starts the fight, though. In the book, Lewis hits him. In the movie, the, in the Irwin punches yeah. him. I think in the first. movie, Lewis is like, he's like crying. He's crying at like, his son's yes. coffin. <laughs> like, that is... He's just standing there. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, that's real. Like, that I buy. Like, yes. And he seems very like what when Erwin comes up and just basically starts yelling at him, which makes yeah. sense because in that moment he was just standing there crying, thinking about his son, and all of a sudden someone's screaming at him. Yeah. So, but we do have the fight. Um, the casket falls and pops open a little bit. Did you you see, see the, the hands hand yeah. and everything. So that's just yeah. like the the book and everything. Judd does come over that night and talk. And now Lewis had asked him the question. Uh, after they buried Church and Church came back about if someone else, if they, if someone had ever buried a person up there. And Judd comically knocks over his beer bottles. He knocks over like multiple beer it's bottles two. at the table. He has, probably has one empty and one new one that he had. Yeah. But he's like, oh. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he comes over and tells about Timmy Bairdman. And this is not a, this is a change I did not enjoy. Get another flashback. Yeah, we get another flashback. So yeah, same story. Timmy goes to the war. He dies. His father is distraught. The, the body is brought back. And I think the first thing is that someone sees him walking down the road when she's outside. I think the first thing we see is actually him digging in the ground. No, I knew there was something before. <laughs> basically a zombie. He's basically, he's, yeah, he's uh, digging, he but I think has he's a eating piece, something. He's eating. It's a, like a leg or an arm or something. Of an piece. animal or something. I thought it was human. It did, But actually, that wouldn't make but sense. But I'm just going to skip to it being an animal because yeah. that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's literally, um, he kind of scratches at his face right. and draws blood and, and he, does, he doesn't really talk no like when he, not at that point in the book when he approaches that woman he says something to her about listening to records or whatever someone he knew before right this woman who sees him he's just shuffling along like a zombie and she runs into the house screaming this is the second flashback and the second time that we see a person a woman outside doing laundry judd's mother's oh, yeah, doing laundry okay. When uh, Spot comes back, and then this one, this, this woman, woman's doing the, she's beating, she's the, beating the, the, the clothes uh, and everything, and he kind of stumbles up to her, and she sees him and, and freaks out and runs yeah. away. And he, But he doesn't seem like that he's chasing her. No, he's just being creepy. So again, <laughs> it's like, like the first time we see him along. digging in the ground, it's like, what is happening? Like, what is he right. doing? If, or maybe not digging, but he's like eating, is it? I think he's digging. Okay. I, it looked like he, I, again, I don't know what was buried there, because he's eating some type of animal or something meat but yeah that's why i thought maybe he was like not digging but eating the meat or breaking that leg off of the poor animal i don't know he's more of a zombie yeah than it definitely in the book more a zombie than in the book so and then yeah so then because there is no norma again um a woman i think I think Jed says a woman comes to him and some of the other men in the town's like, you got to take care of this. It's an abomination. Yeah. But there is no speech from Norma saying this is an abomination. Handle it. But you make sure you bring your ass home. Yeah. Which, again, yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, I wish there was Norma. Yeah. Hopefully so. the remake, I feel like a remake is going to have, ha, it's going to have Norma. Yeah. It'll be closer to that, which I think would be, be good. good. But So the men go, but, and then instead of trying to really talk to and reason with Bill, the father, they basically just start pouring gas all over his, gasoline all over his house. Yes. They, they're going to light it up whether he is in there or not. <laughs> like, they they do make Judd the good one because Judd is screaming into the house warning the yeah, father. Yeah, he's like, Bill, get out. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah, just um, get out. And then he doesn't. And then he's trying to reason with Timmy who is trashing the house. And then when he, I think, 
He kind of grabs his father. Timmy grabs him and won't let him out, and they they both burn to death. Yeah, but he's and more of a zombie. There's no yelling. There's no the mean facts. There's, yes, that's there's none what I was gonna that. say. We don't. Uh, I feel like it would be amazing to see these guys walking up. You know, be like, we're gonna take care of this thing, and then basically getting stopped into tracks because it's this thing. It's not a zombie. It's it's some type of spirit. You know, something. And again, that that's what this movie doesn't have. Like the book, it doesn't. There are bits of it, but not as much mm-hmm. as the book, which I think makes it more interesting and scary of you know an entity or yeah. more multiple entities actually because you know there's kind of a good and a bad um but just having this creature knowing things that it shouldn't know or can't know well i mean i guess you could say timmy knew something before he died and it brought it back but it, that's not the way i read it in the book that it's you know it just it knows things that it you know wouldn't know so yeah we don't get that and we don't get the image of Timmy's face bathed in the sun which I, I, I have that so vivid in my head that I feel like you should just throw that in there somewhere it doesn't even have to be anyone talking just like the start of a flashback of the flashback and have you know Timmy's face yeah. bathed in, in orange and red and everything looking yeah. you know insane um, so yeah so basically the other three people other than Judd kill the man and, uh, and, and Timmy, Timmy again. Yeah. Um, um, they <laughs> burn it up. <laughs> yeah, that, that house goes up very quick. Yeah, they poured a lot of gas. They had a lot of containers. Um, so Jed tells him the story, and it's like, because I know what you're thinking. You're sitting here, I know what you're thinking. And I, does he make, I think he makes him promise that he's not going to. And then... Um, he sends... Oh, right, because that was, that was the funeral was that day. So yeah, then he sends yeah. Rachel... And Ellie to Chicago with the parents. Uh, there's no phone call from the father-in-law, but he does apologize at the airport. Yeah. Um, and Ellie doesn't want to go. Oh, what? Lewis's handshake. Oh, yeah. Like, Erwin like, sticks out his hand uh, and he kind of very lightly grasps, Lewis very lightly grasps it. Like, I like that. Yeah, actually. he's just like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Ellie doesn't go. She tells her grandmother that she had a bad dream about Daddy, Gage, and Pascal. And I think she... She talks to Lewis saying she doesn't want to go. Please come with them. She's scared. Mm-hmm. He, you know, same thing in the book. Blows, not blows. Well, yeah, blows her off. <laughs> you know. Um, so they leave, and then he gathering all of his tools. And we don't see him getting anything. He just has them. Oh, he just has them. And we gets don't to the see. Like, I, assumingly, he gets them. Like, he doesn't own them. Right. But we just see him. He shows up at the cemetery. With the lowest of all low the cemetery fence fences. is nowhere near. <laughs> and this is something going in. I was like, huh, I wonder how much of the cemetery stuff they're going to have. Because it's pretty deep. There's a lot going on of him getting ready, getting there, planning and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, he literally shoves his family away to Chicago. Shows up, parked outside in the daytime. In the daytime. It is so bright. And he has his tools and... The fence. We don't even see it's him like jumping. Waist high. We don't even see him. No, we don't. But it's like a waist high fence. Yeah, it, it's not he would high have at all. No, no troubles. And then he sits at the grave. I guess this is where you kind of have him. Not sure if he's gonna do it. And again, it's he's he's just sitting there in the daytime with his. They're in a bag, or you know, they're they're wrapped up like all of his, his shovels and everything, but. He's just sitting there with all his, his equipment in in broad daylight. Like, right, but you know what? Go. That's probably why we didn't see him hop the fence because he didn't need to hop the fence because it was open. He yeah. just walked in. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Pascal is there with him at that point. I think, right? I don't. 
don't. I think he. I is think he warns him. He because says because he says not to, and then that's when he ba- Lewis basically says, but if he comes back, yeah, he this is where he rationalizes. Wrong. So he knows what he's yeah gonna do, and then that's when Pascal leaves him because he gives up. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to see wife. if I can get them to reason with you because you ain't listening to me. Yeah. So then do we, is that, do we cut back to uh, Chicago with. Ellie has a bad dream and she's yelling and she tells her mom now about Pascal. Um, oh, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, no, I will Or just when Rachel, when she walks out and she's like, Pascal. Paxco, how do I know that name? And then Pascal is standing right next to her. You know, he visualizes special effects wise like a ghost and shows up. He's like, Pascal. He's hmm. like a helpful, sort of smug sometimes. It's friendly goofy. ghost. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I like, because in the mixture of me remembering being scared of him, also being like, huh, you can make me laugh a little bit though, you know? Yeah, um, Pesco really helps yeah, out a lot. He um, does, and as soon as she remember uh, Rachel remembers the name, she's like, "I gotta get back to Maine." Um, before that, doesn't does she have another vision of Zelda? This is where she has the dream because she's on the plane. Right. Oh, that this before that though. Dream what? Before <laughs> that, when she's I think she's talking. Uh, there we see the painting behind her, prominently <laughs> featured, which. We end up seeing we we find out what that is. It ends up it's like pretty sure it's supposed it's supposed to be Zelda as a kid in this mm, outfit. I assume, but it's so prominently placed, and weird looking <laughs> over Rachel's right shoulder in the frame, and it just looks goofy as it's like she's got a top fuck. hat and cane. Yeah, it's it's weird. weird. <laughs> it's not and scary it, at all. It doesn't it's just goofy. look like. It doesn't look like our super realistic portrait of a child, no. like the face. No. So I was like, what the hell is this? And why is this a part of your decor? That, if we were watching that ourselves, I would have guffawed at. Yes, by, yeah, without so, the So I just wanted to mention this painting. It does come up, like, we see we see this image again, but it's uh, pretty goofy. She called the house and couldn't get a hold of him and called Judd. Yes. And that's when Judd is like, you're in Chicago? What? Yeah. yeah, so he kind of then, he knows, again, like the book, he knows something's probably up, and yeah. he's going to stay up. He does not, though, unlike the book, he doesn't tell Rachel that he will explain everything. Right. He's just like, don't come! And she's like, I have to, and hangs up. Yep. So he decides, like, okay, he's going to yeah. stay up and everything, and then going back to the cemetery, now it's finally nighttime, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, he is digging, and eventually he gets, he's standing in the grave, yep. like, it's deep enough where he can stand, there's a scene much like the book i think it happens definitely in the book where he's outside of the cemetery when the cop slow rolls by yeah um with his light it happens when he's in the grave so he ducks down the light passes over cop drives away lewis stands up has the funniest smile on his face and i wrote this was what it seems like to him because again this is a very serious thing he's doing he's digging up his dead son's grave and I understand at this point he's a little out of it. Mm-hmm. He it looks like he farted in an elevator and successfully blamed someone else in it. And then like as he's turning away from the person he blames, like, yeah, I did yeah. that. I did that it's guy. It's the weirdest, like <laughs> not even not a smug grin. It's like a Yeah. It's, it's, it's very hard to describe. <laughs> he also yes. It's, but it's like a pure delight, yes. like glee. Which I gleeful. guess you, you could see it as in again being like his state of mind isn't right. Correct. For whatever reason, if it's 
the bad spirits pushing him that you know whatever it or is just the fact that he, what, what he's doing <laughs> yeah but so that's great so he gets him out there's there's not as much as there is in the book there's not that much in in the movie which i again i feel like there could be more here just seeing how crazy this is of what he's doing yeah i did like that it stopped at one point you know after he gets gage out and he just is sitting there holding the body and he's like it's gonna be okay i promise you know yeah. so we don't get one of my favorite things in the book favorite in like a weird way because mm-hmm. it's, it's horrible of him not being able to fit the th- the body in the car yeah. in the back and putting it in the front and then like being worried that the and again i know this would be hard because it's so internalized in the book of his thoughts of uh you know what if his head's backwards or something yeah. and, and everything and also i'm sure it's again that's the thing of not because it's a child because in the book he's covered in moss because you know the lining of what he did was not as secure as what he could have done because he knew what he probably was going to do eventually but you know there's nothing nothing like it. he pulls his body out and you see you know from behind when he's holding like it. a hand in the foot yeah, yeah and like it, you don't you know, see the uh, it's just a dummy space, it's yeah. nothing nothing like that um then or intercut with this is rachel this dream the dream her dream where she's in a house and there's like a, a, a an entrance to an attic above and the stairs that lead down and then but there's a door uh, and we think that. she's at her parents house still right like it looks like and all the the paint uh, the pictures right. and everything's like askew and yes. it's weird i did like this that this what this will end up being but then she opens the door to her sister's room and this part i remember being like god you're so creepy uh the sister's kind of laying on her side and goes from laying down to just immediately sitting up yeah and she's saying she's coming for her and she's gonna kill her and i was like this is so creepy get out of this room i know you're dreaming but get out <laughs> does she name she's doesn't she say uh, gage's name She's like, Gage and I have Gage a surprise and I for you are or something. For you yeah, or something for, like yeah. that. Oh, because you let us die. Yeah. Which was like, even if all this wasn't happening, I could easily see her, so, Rachel having a dream like that because of what happened to her sister and just a parent blaming themselves for the death of their child. So, so but she's on the plane. <laughs> the, the woman next to her. This is again. Oh, yeah. When she jumps awake, moment. she just gives her a look like, what the fuck? But we get another look. Twice. <laughs> yes. Yep. So um, she gets to the airport. She's running. She this this was good too. She did not miss her connecting flight because the woman goes to close the door, but Pascal is there. So helpful. Grabs the door. He's like, "Don't close that, honey." Like, yeah, it's. <laughs> I kind of it kind of works. I kind of enjoy yeah. the the more. It's yeah. It's yeah. weird, right? It's just kind of fun and yeah. and goofy I in him. a weird way. Yeah, I guess it's good to have fun and goofy in a movie that because again the book it doesn't really have anything right, like that no. so I guess so I can see why maybe that's why Stephen King wrote it he's like I'm gonna make some changes and yeah, Pascal Pascal will be yeah a little more comic fun relief, sort and, of yeah I guess slight it's not a lot <laughs> um, she ends up driving and then gets a flat tire oh he helps again at the rental she's like we don't have any cars left right and then he's Pascal like, he literally he kind of points over the desk he's like what about the he says the name exactly he's like with With long scratch scratch on it and and then the woman kind of goes in not a trance but she's like possessed for a second because her eyes kind of go and she's like we do have this thing and the other thing and he's like I'll take it and and he 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 looks very proud of himself like I did that (laughs) 
Um, but then she gets a flat tire and yeah. he, while she's trying to figure out what to do, he's out there yelling, so it's trying to stop you. So she, and she can hear it cause she, she does say says, someone like, there, someone, which is a weird thing to say in the middle of nowhere. Like clearly no one's around you yeah. at this point. And, and I assume at this point she's in Maine. It's a little yeah, like, it's, she, well, yeah, she's in Maine cause she walks for a little bit right. and then ends up hitchhiking with. Your fa- think, one of your favorite details, how she gets home. Oh, right. Yeah. The kind of, I know people use this incorrectly. I know I I do. The, I guess, irony that she gets a, she hitches a ride from an Orinco truck driver. Mm-hmm. So the truck. Because she knows uh, it's going to go past her house. Exactly. That's, and that's <laughs> what I, do. that's what it, it works like. I don't, I wish she had kind of a realization of like what she was doing. It doesn't seem, I think she's just like, there's a truck coming. It's going this direction. I'm going to get into it. I feel like there, I wish there was a shot of her kind of looking at the, I thought there was a shot of it being uh, Route 15 or Route 5 or whatever it was. Like a oh, shot of the okay. street sign, I, I, I mean, must have missed that. Okay, saying okay. that was, okay. yeah. But. but yeah, it's still like the, this, the fact that she's going, her son was killed by this, not the same truck, but this company's truck on the same uh, road. And she's going to hitch a ride to, you know, her own death the mm. same way and everything. So literally, you know, a truck killed her basically the same because like her son, because that, that's how she gets uh, gets home and everything. Yeah. So then, so yeah, so Lewis, you know, Lewis gets home. Yeah. He hightails it up to the pet cemetery mm-hmm. or past it and everything. He does not and, fall when going over the blowdown this time. No, we do get an indication of a when to go. Yeah, which this part gave me pause because you hear heavy footsteps and then a tree getting pulled or knocked over, basically. In front of him. Just like in the book. Um, except in the book, he had the good sense to stop because he could hear something much bigger than him walking. And then a tree, almost it sounded like breaking in half. Whereas in the movie, he just keeps on walking. It's like, okay, this movie, Lewis, is yeah. brave. And that <laughs> reminded me, as I was saying earlier, how when they go over the blowdown, how it doesn't really, it's not how I envisioned it as being kind of weird and supernatural looking. But they do do it a couple times in the movie, especially now. After he walks over it, blue light illuminates from the opposite side. Mm-hmm. So we're we're in the pet cemetery looking at the blowdown and what would be beyond. And just a, a brilliant light illuminates, you know, through the thickets and everything. So obviously something right. is... is uh, happening supernaturally, you know. And when he's about to bury Gage, when he gets to the flat top there he does see the face it's yeah it's like when he's coming up the rock quarry that weird yeah it kind of comes out of but he keeps on with what he's doing anyway (laughs) he says see gage it's just my imagination yeah i think he says just at one point he says just saloon not maybe not not about that but at some point earlier (laughs) not seeing the face coming out of the rocks yeah yeah and then when he gets Um, home he also he just passes out in bed and this is also where we see from earlier how quickly or how long it took him burying the cat with tools Mm -hmm. He has the tools again here, but since Rachel isn't as delayed as she was before, and he apparently is able to to get this done pretty quickly this time and, and get back home. Yeah, because it's still nighttime or it's still dark. Yeah, it's all it's yeah. All, this all happens all, at night. Yeah, and, like the sun hasn't risen. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, while he's sleeping, the little footsteps, the bag. Being we see opened. the hand. At first, we see the hands actually moving the rocks out of the way. Yeah. Little, oh, yeah. You know. Um. So he takes the knife. Judd wakes up and realizes that he slept through it, that Lewis is home, and the lights are on in the house, so he's like, oh, great, he's already probably back. Because um, Lewis, yeah, he collapses in his bed, like, yeah, just like the book. Yeah. I think, does he hear him laughing? Yeah, yeah, just at this Creepy point, Gage is just 
creepy laughing all, all the way. Yep. And he's trying to find where he is. Also, kids throwing shit down the stairs. Like. <laughs> yeah, Gage, like, for being... Because in the book, it's still like he's just a little kid. Right? There's no one he like. I mean, in the book, it seems like he's a kid. Yeah. But it's this thing inside of him. That's because true. of... Kids don't say, I'm going to fuck with you now. Yeah, yeah. Like... But still, like, he still has the physical, like, he can't walk faster probably right, then. he's still a two-year-old. So in the movie, he's booking it around and throwing shit downstairs. Yep. Like, it, he's also apparently nothing. super strong. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, we didn't talk about that last night, but we'll talk about it today. <laughs> so he's up, he, Judd is up upstairs in his room looking for the kid, and then... He thinks he's under the bed, and before he can lift the thing, the stupid cat comes, scares yep. him. Important church, different from the book, but church does Still distract him. Still teamwork with yeah. church and Gage, because then Gage pops out from under the bed and cuts his ankle. It's really gross. Yeah. Like, <laughs> saws at it. It's gross. This, that and that is something. And again, I'm pretty sure... I must have seen it edited on TV, but I guess the indication of like, I know it happens. Which is why I, because my image of this happening was like just a quick swipe to the oh, yeah. ankle. That's probably it. You know? On TV, it was probably like, you saw enough. It was like, okay. Like, yeah, and then this, he literally, with a little couple, sawing. like sawing into the back Ooh. of his ankle, which is pretty gross and right. awesome. Right. Um, then he cuts him, he gives him the, uh, what do you call it? The Glasgow smile. Yeah. Or the, and the, the, or the Joker, you know, yeah. type of smile and everything. And, um, and then he chews, he bites him in the neck. Mm-hmm. This wasn't, it's not the fault of the movie. It's because the kid, the, the, the kid that plays Gage, Miko Hughes, he's even as a little devil child, he's so cute. So him going up to Fred Gwynn's neck and being like, I'm going to chomp on it. He, it still looks cute to me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> She's kind of like, Parm. like it's um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's very cute. I don't. I, I mean, will say I ever, don't agree with that. <laughs> it's not as cute as like the raccoons I follow on Instagram, but it's okay. pretty cute. Um, so yeah. So then Rachel, she gets home, but yeah. she goes over to Judd's house first, which is the same. Like yeah, yeah. She, um, she like drops her bag in the, at the front door, mm. which would be important. Church is there and she sees that Church has blood on him, so she, I'm assuming, thinks that he's hurt. Judd's hurt and she's got to go in and help. Yeah. So she goes in. She hears a creepy ass groan, which the entire time was like, mm, "How much do you like this neighbor? How much would I like this neighbor that I would actually go investigate this creepy sounding groan? It doesn't sound like a painful groan. It sounds like an I'm haunting you. I'm being creepy groan. Yeah. I'm just calling the cops and I'm leaving the house right now. <laughs> oh no! What makes her go into the house is she hears her sister. Yep. She hears her sister say, hey, like Rachel or something like that. It's like, so A, you followed your dead sister's voice to this house. B, your cat has blood on him. And then C, there's crazy, creepy groans coming from upstairs. But she goes to investigate. When she gets upstairs, as she's approaching the door, that's when you realize the dream she had, the dream was her in Judd's house because it's got the attic entrance with the stairs coming down and the yep. door, which I really liked that. I didn't remember that from being a kid. But um, kind of like in the book, in the book, when she opens the door, um, she sees Zelda. So in the movie, when she opens the door, she sees Zelda, but it lasts for longer in the film She's than it does in the book. Far away, you know, the opposite end of the, the side of the um, the room and everything. And she stands up. Obviously, you know, she's going to be able to walk like that. And she 
gets over pretty quick, she, right in her like, face. And, not runs, but like trots on over. And then she... And then Rachel just stands there, which I was like, if this was as terrifying, you know, you're in your 30s, I think. It's over 30-something years. This has been a fear of yours. You're just standing there? She just stands there and kind of covers her eyes. Um, and then when she takes her hands away, it's Gage. Wearing the outfit from the painting. Very, again, very cute. I mean, that was cute. I forgot. In that moment when we watched it, I forgot about the painting. So I was like, what are you wearing? Oh, yeah. That would be very <laughs> odd if you didn't <laughs> kind of put that in. Which that, that's why it's so prominent in the earlier shot. The earlier time, it still looks so fucking goofy. You're like, what am I looking at? Why is right. this thing? But she still um, reaches out for a hug. He says, Mommy, though, I've got something for you. And he's holding the scalpel. Yeah, he pulls it out and she can see it. And she can see it. Plainly. It, and then she's still, like, she. I think she asked for a hug first. And then he says that he has something for her and then takes out the scalpel. And then she still asks a follow-up. She wants a hug. <laughs> Rachel did not make stuff. good decisions. So she gets killed. And I think, does it go to black? Like, we can hear her screaming, right? I think. I think so, because yeah. then Lewis wakes up yes. at home. He's um, Gage? He's so uh, helpful and helpful. Yeah. Like, uh. so I think he probably sees the footprints. Yeah, just like the book. He sees the, ass, the, yeah. uh, the, the muddy prints and everything. And Erwin calls the yeah. father-in-law. Yeah. Same so, thing. So, so, like, exactly the book. The same, you know, Lewis goes over. He takes care of... Um, of uh, a church with the the morphine yeah and everything. It's all the same he brings over realizing the scalpel steak. is missing and then getting yeah. the morphine every time church hisses and um he's got the glowing eyes and everything it's so terrifying but i still felt bad when when he gets killed at the end and it, again good cat acting he lifts them up and mm-hmm. what i i don't know how it happens but um, I mean, points to the cat acting, but that cat had to go. No, it was a good cat. Nope. It's the best cat. Nope. So then, a change <laughs> I don't like, Lewis walks into the house. Oh, yeah. It's, like, moldy and decrepit like and overgrown. Also. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. And it's not real, because he sees um, Rachel's, one of Rachel's shoes on the landing in, a like, a little, little bit of blood. That's, I mean, the shoe's there, right. but... I, I don't know why. I, yeah. Well, when he picks it up and he's going, he starts up the stairs and turns up the stairs, the moldy, slimy weirdness is gone. Yeah. Engaged that, oh, we f- <laughs> so when he's at home yeah, first, right, what yeah, makes yeah. him come over in the first place is he gets a phone call from Irwin. So the father-in-law calls, hangs up, phone rings again, and he picks up like, I said I can't talk right now, but it's Gage. And he says he's over at Judd's house. I played with mommy. I played with Judd. I played with mommy. And now I want to play with you. And he asked him, can you come over and play with me? It's so cute. Uh-huh. So that's why he goes over. So yeah. when he sees the shoe and he's going up the stairs, Gage says something like, they scare your daddy? Like, like yeah. he just was basically, he didn't say it, but he was like, I was just fucking with you. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not like the book where in the book, it's he's more like the exorcist talking in a voice that's not a little kids and saying things to Judd before he kills Judd. Right. Um, this is just... And this, he just sounds like a little kid right. all the time. I want to play with you. So he goes and he finds Judd. Which, okay, so this is apparently super strong because yep. Judd in the book, he finds Judd's body in the kitchen, I believe. He where he died. Covers him <laughs> with a sheet. Yeah, where he died. In the movie. Judd um, dies in the bedroom. 
and Lewis walks into the bedroom. There's no body. And, of course, he looks... I, I think he hears something else again, but the, he looks under the bed he pulls the the sheet up the blanket and um judd's body was moved under the the bed and he was his lip is chewed Mm -hmm. you can see his teeth his bottom row of teeth because his his uh, lips are chewed away right and Uh, rachel's also not in there which no yeah we don't see in the hallway or whatever she was apparently giving him the hug oh that's yeah in the movie yeah yeah she would have been killed in there and you don't see her so then we see the actually before that we see the steps that would have been going up to the attic and they're broken they're like shattered and you see part of it along the wall i don't think i noticed that <laughs> yeah because you would have seen them like when rachel's there they're just the steps are there and they're you know going up um above the doorway into mm-hmm. the attic and they're not there and you can see part of them mm. along the right of okay. the wall how does that does uh, lewis like starts walking back down the hallway and then the attic opens up and Rachel's body falls out. She's hanging. hanging. How this two-year-old got her up, first move Judd, got her up there to hang her. Got, like, how he would even get up there by himself. I don't know. Yeah. And then he's up there and he kind of, like, he dives, Superman jumps. flies <laughs> yeah. out of the attic crawl space into uh, Judd. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry, into, into Lewis. Yeah. Um, and they have a fight where tussling. Dale Medkiff has to fight with a little dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, you can't you can't make that look good. Um at least back in eighty nine, right. I guess. You can only do so much difficult. with that. But then he uh And he gets stabbed a lot. Like he gets cut. He does. It doesn't he happen gets in the stabbed and like he fights with the with Gage in the book. But like, he kinda of jumps on top of it, but there's not he doesn't no. get yeah. So But in the movie he gets stabbed and then he ends up like flinging Gage away and then he gets another he gets a needle ready and asks him to come over and pretends that you know he's pretending so gage does walk over holding the scalpel growling a little bit yeah and the only indication that anything's wrong with him from like being that he was dead and buried it's kind of got like a some type of little like harry a potter scar, scar on his harry forehead scar. it's like a scar that runs from his I nose know. to his hairline yeah i know it's a joke. and i think he looks a little paler but uh he gets close enough to lewis and lewis stabs him in the neck no, no fair. fair walks around the corner and I think you had a reaction when Gage falls mm-hmm, and, and dies. Yeah, and I think I told you after. I'm pretty sure what they did was because it's it's Miko Hughes, it's the child actor um, falling, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean it's not like they did some type of special effects or you know animatronics or something. And I think what they did was they just did it in reverse, like they had him get up because the good. way because the way he fell it looked like he smacked his <laughs> yeah. head against the wall, which. When Lewis wakes up before all, you know, that, you know, after everything happens with um, Gage over at the house, when he wakes up by himself before all this, he falls out of bed. Yeah. Oh, right. Because it is her screaming. And then it cuts to him in bed and he falls out of bed. And it looks like the actor really did hit his face on the corner of the bedside table. Yes. So it was that. And then the, ne- then the next thing was this. It's like, oh, God, people just hitting their heads all over the place. I assume Dale got paid stunt, stunt pay that day. It looks the way it doesn't look like. I feel like usually you can kind of see things that are shot in reverse, and you can kind of look yeah. Like, that looks weird. I unless I see it again, again, it looked pretty good to me. So yeah, he dies, and then just like the book, Lewis sets fire to the house, mm-hmm. carries out his wife. Yeah, except there's no Steve to follow him up to the pet cemetery. And apparently, no fire department because we see a truck yeah. pass this like burned down house. 
later well, at night. Like yeah, you can tell later. that it's been it, it had been burning for a while and everything. Lewis is already home, so that's why I leaned over and was like, "So this town doesn't have a fire department?" Because I, Lewis has, I'm a, he's gotten to the pet cemetery, gotten over. I, unless he left his tools there from when he buried Gage, he dug that ground the ground with his hands, buried her, got back. And the house was still smoldering. And I think we, I think we see him bring his tools back and put him in the basement okay. when he comes back from burying Gage. So yeah, he just like the book, he would have been like. I, I didn't mean, see him carrying them when he was carrying her down the path. Exactly. So okay. yeah, just like the book, he would have been digging with his hands for, for yeah. that. And then yeah, he he gets home, decides to play some solitaire on the kitchen floor. He gets a clock, which was weird. Which, yeah, I don't, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember from the book now, because mm-hmm. at this point it's been weeks since I finished it. But yeah, I don't think there's anything like this. So it's like, I don't understand why he set it for midnight. Uh, you had a, a, a theory that he was trying to stay awake. Maybe. But before that, actually, I was thinking, or I wanted to say how, because um, I liked in the book where he tells Steve, who doesn't understand what happened, but he says to him that he waited too long with Gage and that it'll be different now with... Um, with Rachel, he ends up saying that to Pascal because Pascal's like, "Don't do this. Do right. not make it worse. Please don't do this." And then that's Lewis's response as he walks across the street to go down the path to yeah. get to the pet cemetery. Um, but with the clock, I thought maybe like, was he trying to stay awake since he fell asleep when you know? Oh Gage yeah, got okay, home? That, yeah, I can see that. Or yeah, he wants to be aware when it happens because yeah. if he was awake when Gage got home, maybe he would have been like, "You're an evil fucker. I'm gonna morphine you now." But he probably wouldn't have done it himself then. He would have probably gotten not. killed. <laughs> probably. She starts playing solitaire, but then he hears the footsteps. And Rachel comes home. Rachel looks gross. <laughs> Half her awesome. face is all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I guess Gage could have done that with a scalpel. It just looks... Uh, yeah. Carved up, because her eye is... It's like... Half it's still face. there, but her eye is still there. But yeah, it's like all it's weird. It's oozing. And, yeah. And then they kiss, which is gross because <laughs> there's an eye oozing in the mix. <laughs> great. <laughs> but as they're kissing. She does say darling. She does book, say darling she, before happy. they kiss. And then as they're kissing, she grabs, which I was like, why did you have this giant ass knife on your table to begin with? But you had a giant cutting knife on the table and she grabs it and raises it. And then it cuts to black and we hear him screaming before your song plays. The best end credit song ever. The Ramones wrote a song for Pet Cemetery, and it's it's awesome. And we stayed for the whole thing mm-hmm. in the theater because mm-hmm. we had to. Um, yeah. So the acting in this movie is all over the place. Dale Medkiff, his line reading, he seems very monotone for most of the movie. The only times I think he's good, he's actually good with like the kids. Whenever he's talking with the kids or something, like mm-hmm. I think he, you know, Rachel. Uh, by uh, played by Denise Crosby. She has good moments. I think like some of her moments when she's talking about Zelda and everything are good. Fred Gwynn, Judd, it's different from the book. He doesn't have the Norma connection and everything. And I guess I feel like that kind of makes him maybe seem a little crazier in this than in the book, but he's still heartwarming. He's just, he seems good, even though a lot of it is, you know, he, and he says it earlier, he, he thinks that he killed Gage because he told him about right. the power of the place and everything, and he has some guilt about that. So he's good. Um, unfortunately, the actor that plays Ellie, again, she's a little kid at the time, so I'm not blaming her. Sometimes little kids are not very good at acting, but she has some 
I, I don't like her in this, in this uh, movie. Me. But I believe she goes on... Yeah, Ellie goes on to be Lenny Frazier in Ghost Rider, which we talked about with Megan. Not her specifically, but the show in general. I just want to say she does go on to do great things because Ghost Rider was awesome. I'll have to take your word for it. Um, I'll show it to you. Don't worry. No. I got to find it somewhere. It's probably on YouTube. And Miko Hughes, again, he's even younger, but he... He's a very cute kid. You feel bad when he gets hit by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, he doesn't have to be a cute kid to feel bad that he's getting hit by a truck, but. <laughs> um. So yeah, overall, I mean, it's parts of it work, parts of it don't. I wish some of the things didn't change. Like, again, I wish Norma was there. Mm-hmm. I would take Norma over Missy Dandridge, at least in the movie version. That character, if you're going to still have the character, you know, someone dying to start that process and, and having Ellie you know be at the funeral and then explain how why rachel can't deal with all this stuff and everything i just wish like just make norma a character it doesn't i don't think making norma a character would make the movie that much longer of having some scenes with her and judd it's not as good as the book (laughs) which i know talking about a film adaptation of a novel that's shocking that uh that's uh, uh the case what do you think well i would definitely agree that my well the biggest thing for me that I didn't like was there was no Norma. That's the biggest change I didn't like. So I'd like for them to rectify that in any remake that happens. I also didn't like, I know this might be hard to do, but I really, one, one thing I really liked in the book was that the burial ground, this place has this power, was the movie doesn't play up that power really. And I also didn't picture P- Timmy Baderman or Gage coming back as zombies or, you know, beings that want to just eat your flesh. I liked the idea of them coming back in real them being in the body or it being their body but this thing inside of them that knows all these secrets and all these truths and is is just gonna fuck with you before it you know kills you um but i I, yeah so those are the things that i missed the place having the power and also when people come back what they really come back as because it's not them anymore agree yeah i'd say the book is better i feel like i usually say that that's how i usually feel you ever read jaws jaws sucks (laughs) i read jaws (laughs) How old were you when you read Jaws? I don't know. I read it a couple times. Trust me. It's okay. Not as good so it's not as one of those things where maybe as an adult now you appreciate it. No, it's okay. uh, it's not as good as the movie. Well, in this case, I would say the book is better. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts on the movie? No. Okay. <laughs> well, then I think that's it for our bonus segment. Thank you very much for listening. As always, please support your local libraries and also support your local cinemas. They may show some fun movies that haven't been in theaters in years, like Amherst Cinema did with Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm.